This is the Mission 28 Podcast, the place for Yankee superfans. Come on the adventure with us as we analyze every Yankee series. Swung on, head in the air to right field and deep. It is high, it is far, it is gone. See ya! The Yankees are back on top. World champions for the 27th time. Welcome to the Mission 28 Podcast. I'm Tommy Franks. He's Anthony Colasano. And we are here to talk about yet another series for the Yankees, including the successes and weaknesses of the team at large. Thanks so much for listening and supporting us. We have a lot to get to in today's show. If you want to voice your opinion, any questions, concerns, or anything else, email us at mission28podcast at gmail.com and you can potentially get on the show. So if this is your first time listening, uh, we thank you very much for listening and you can go follow us at mission28pod on Instagram if you want to uh, connect with us, talk with us more, um, and you can uh, engage with us on so many other platforms on that link tree in Instagram. So go take a look there now and uh, and uh, it's, this podcast is going to be great for a lot of Yankee super fans as we mentioned at the top. Uh, this is going to be great for really everybody, really. And, um, you know, it's going to be every series is going to be broken down in a way that everyone can understand and everyone's going to want to engage with us, hopefully. And uh, the goal with this podcast, we want to develop a community. We want to we want a community of Yankee fans to uh, to uh, communicate with. And this is the best way to do that. So Anthony's here. Um, you know, we're both the co-hosts of this show. So, uh, Anthony, want to talk about yourself a little bit? Yeah. So what's going on, everybody? Anthony. People refer to me as AC. Uh, big Yankee fan. I've uh, been a fan since 2010, and I know people say, oh, 2010, oh, so that means you were just a bandwagoner from the 09 team. You could say that, sure. <laughs> but I think I think what separates you know fans like me when you come into becoming a fan of an organization, organization like this is you got to do your homework. You got to do your research, and I did. You know, I've, I I followed the game to a very extensive extent, watching MLB Network on a daily basis, uh, U.S. Network a lot, you know, brushing up on my Yankee knowledge, Yankeeography, you know, center stage that MLK did with any of the players, just really kind of soaking in all, all of the history that was the New York Yankees um, so that I did know stuff, you know, currently during that run and even today to even going back – um, as far as the older days, to know, like, hey, like, you know, I don't just know who Derek Jeter was, or I don't just know, oh, oh, I just know who Aaron Judge and Jack Carlson are. No, I know who Phil Rizzuto was, and, you know, Elson Howard and Chris Chambliss and Ron Guidry and Thurman Munson. You're going back. You know, Bill Dickey, like, you know, Bill Dickey, um, Bucky Dent, you know, like those guys, you know, those are the guys that show people that, okay, this guy is a true Yankee fan and he knows his stuff. Um, because, you know, Chris Chambliss, one of the biggest guys in the 70s teams, Bucky Dent, doesn't hit that home run. We don't win a World Series, and I think it was 78. Because uh, we played that one game off against Boston, and their curse still still remained till 04. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, I'm proud to be a Yankee fan. Um, I think we are the greatest organization in the world. And um, like you said, every year, as Derek Jeter said, you don't win a World Series, it's a failed season. Oh, absolutely. So we've, had, so we've had failed seasons since 2009. That's got to change. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, myself, um, yeah, I've been, I've been born into being a Yankee fan um, via my family. Uh, so, you know, basically I grew up watching games from when I was born. David Cohn actually threw a perfect game 
uh, two days before my uh, before my birth on uh, July twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. So that was that was uh, pretty cool uh, to to find out as I got older. But yeah, I was kind of grown into it watching Yankee games, and and as I got older, it was um, you know it became just. Uh, just another part of my life that I, I really enjoyed and I continue to this day obviously and go to games all the time and um, and Anthony comes all the time so it's, it's a lot of fun and um, you know we definitely love to engage with other Yankee fans and that's that again that's really the key of this podcast is to is to just um, be able to talk to all of you and and uh, especially you know Anthony like times like now um, when the team is on a roll in 2022 whoever thought we'd be saying that the Yankees were on a roll to start the season we were a little concerned going into the, the start of the season no I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's always, yeah, I mean, there's always doubt going into going into the season. I think the way kind of we started, you know, obviously with the j- judge not extending, put a sour taste. And I think a lot of Yankee fans mouths, um, you know, I know we kind of won the first series against Boston, but we kind of took a little bit of a, of a step backwards um, against Toronto and against Baltimore, and I guess the first series against Baltimore. So and it wasn't looking good. Um, but you know, their philosophy has changed a little bit. Um, they have a little bit more swagger, a little bit more attitude. They're manufacturing runs now, which is what I wanted to see. I talk about this with you a lot off off the yes. air. Um, and it's just it's just a different brand of baseball. And uh, I know we'll get into Toronto series, and I know the streak ended. But as Nestor, of course, has said on Twitter, a new series or a new winning streak begins yep. on Friday. And I think we were talking about this off air too, like, you know, with regard to the winning streak. And we said, you know, if Toronto were to win, I think, game two of that series, uh, we said to ourselves and eventually win the series game two and three, which they won game three. But we said, we said, I think you were the one that brought it up. Um, you know, if, if we were to lose that series, we have Texas coming up right away, which we'll get to later in the show. Um, but the Texas Rangers are really struggling in 2022. Uh, they had key acquisitions like Corey Seager. Uh, Marcus Semyon to name a couple. They spent a lot of money, Anthony, and and um, now they're coming into New York with a struggling record. So the Yankees can uh, can really put uh, put a put a dent into the Rangers' record even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, and I think you know this kind of goes hand in hand with the Yankees of like you know the Rangers spent half a billion dollars basically in the offseason, uh, mainly on two guys. I think they sent a couple more guys too, but that's basically what they did. And you know the Yankees are the almighty Gotham empire of baseball, right? They have all the money in the world. They can do whatever they want, but they're not spending it like they used to. Now, granted, Garrett Cole has that massive contract that he signed with us um, because at the time he was the best pitcher in the world going into free agency. Um, And I know we have John Carlos Sands contract, but that was a trade from the Marlins. Thank you, Derek Jeter. Um, but I think the Yankees are a little bit being a little bit more conservative with their money spending, and I know that's not what Yankee fans like to see or yes. hear. But it's kind. But they gotta really maximize dollars. Like, all right, what's the best value we're getting? Because we've had bad signings, you know, in in recent memories, you know, and we've also avoided bad signings in recent memories. So they are just being very strategic of who is the best value that we can get for the team long-term instead of just looking at looking at base value and be like, oh, look at the short-term. Now they got to look at long-term. You know, that's why the judge deal, unfortunately, couldn't get done in the in the shortened offseason. Now, granted, I think it was because we only had two or three weeks to negotiate with him and not four months. I think right. that's why that deal never got done. But, you know, they offered him 230. He said no. I thought it was a fair deal. A lot of people thought it was a fair deal. 
Um, so you really can't get mad at them. But uh, but yeah, like you said, you know the Rangers are str- they're struggling. You know their two big stars that they brought on board hasn't been the real X factors that I believe they thought and baseball fans thought they would be after the seasons they put up last year. Marcus Simeon was arguably the best second baseman in the game going into the season. Oh yeah, and where is he? He I came don't from. See, I don't. I don't see him. He was incredible in Toronto, and and now he comes to, um, to Texas, and he's dealing with a completely different team. Uh, record-wise as well. Um, so, it, yeah, it's been a problem for him to start the season so far. And I think the the performance, the lackluster performance of Texas has really rubbed off on Semyon a little bit. But we'll get to that a little bit more later on with the Texas series. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Go email mission28podcast at gmail.com if you want to get on the show. Let's flash back a little bit, Anthony, to to the series with Toronto because that was really a great series um, with regard to to how the Yankees played. Uh, I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, we took two out of three from Toronto, and uh, it was really impressive. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think I think the I think the second game in the series was the big one. You know, we were you know we were down, and I remember my friend was telling me, "Oh, I think this is it," and I told him. 27 outs, 27 outs, because the game's not over till it's over, as Yogi Berra says. And we went on a crazy six-run inning, In the seventh. and we never looked back. Yeah, yeah, and we eventually won the game nine to one. So, yep. I think what's I think what's what was great about that that series is that though we ended up taking two out of three, we obviously didn't sweep them. One, um, we had to win the series because it's it's against a division rival, and division rival series are always big because they really matter. Uh, come September, October, um, and two, it shows that even if this team is down, they still are going to give up, and they're going to keep fighting. And they're going to keep fighting and fighting. And you know, the offense, we were like, oh, of course, Montgomery's not getting any run support. What else is new? Because he never gets run support. And then they eventually just turn it on. Now, granted, I believe the umpires were in our favor that night um, due to the very box call that happened in the in the pickle that Marlon Gonzalez was in where he goes under Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s uh, glove. Vladimir Jr. thinks he tags him, um, calls him safe, and the rally begins. We look at the replay. He did get him out, but they completely botched the call. Yep. Were we mad? No, because or else that rally probably wouldn't have happened. We've been on the receiving end of quite a few of those um, with regards except, to... Except for Wednesday night when Judge was getting no calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and well, that's another part of this, too, I want to talk about. Just We've seen it with Judge a lot, and I don't know if a lot of Yankee fans notice this, but, but uh, Judge is a big guy, six foot seven, As Aaron Boone um, more explicitly said, he's six effing uh, foot seven or six. I forget exactly what he said, but when he got ejected, he started ranting to the umpire um, over arguing balls and strikes on Judge. And... And Boone was really aggravated over that, but because Judge is big guy, and a bigger guy means a bigger strike zone, uh, naturally. So that just means you know uh, any any ball that goes slightly outside a zone on a a guy that's what five foot seven as an example, that's going to be a ball. Judge has a strike because he's got a bigger wingspan than the umpire, and he's got just more size, and the umpire uh, tries to give that advantage to the pitcher a little bit. 
And this really goes against Judge a lot. And I think that's what um, is is more noticeable uh, now. You saw this more in 2021 too, right, Anthony? Just, you know, with Judge and and um, how how big how big the zone is now. It's almost it's way bigger than what it really should be, no? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, he and it's and this has always been an issue with him and Ums and you know, the strikes and balls that he gets is that, you know, the 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 knee calls that he gets are strikes, but they really should be balls because they could frame it in a way that it looks like a strike because of how tall he is. Um, and I think you know, I think it's unfair for him because those 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 pitches were balls. You know, the one down down by his knees was a ball. There was a pitch in on him that was a ball. Got called a strike. So I feel like there needs to be some. And I think what's tough about this is that it's hard to have a kind of regulated strike zone in terms of like everybody has the same one because everyone's body type is different. So that's why it's like kind of hard to regulate that. So like, it's like, I see, I see where like both sides are coming from. They're like, yes, like Boone has a right to be upset because like, I mean, like those are balls, like, come on. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, like not everyone has or can have the same type of strike zone, which is why like Aaron Judges is so wide. So therefore they call more than on a guy than let's say like Altuve or Didi Gregorius, um, you know. So it's just it's just the way the game is, unfortunately. And Judge just has to live with it. But you know he, you know he handles himself with class as he always does, and he's he's putting up MVP type numbers. I know the last game of the series wasn't the greatest game he had, but I mean you can't knock the guy. I mean this guy has been on a tear uh, during the eleven game win streak. Oh, absolutely, he was leading the way too, and. Um... You know, getting back to that 9-1 game you were talking about, Anthony, just a lot of key guys stepped in. Uh, Tyone pitched decently well. You mentioned we were down. He only gave up one run in that outing, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Just a one run in that in that five-inning outing, which is it's a lot nowadays for a, for a starting pitcher. Uh, crazy enough. But, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, you know, the performances. Judge Homer in that game, too. Uh, looking back at now, Donaldson doubled. Gonzalez doubled. Trevino got Stan, in the action. Stan home run. Stan homered. And Hicks and Aaron Hicks, a guy who struggled and, and gets hurt all the time from the past few years. And he's got this big contract that we're taking on as well. He's contributing in a big way this year. And it's really impressive to see just um, everything coming full circle with the Yankees. I mean, guys are, you know, you saw a lot of RBIs. One thing, you know, Anthony, we talk about a lot is just uh, this team typically not having the, um, what is it, the home run or die mentality. They have it all the time. The past couple years they've had it. Uh, this year it's a little bit less, and just a little bit less of that and more contact hitting um, has been so, I think, crucial to their success this season, no? No, I think it is. I, I think I think with LeMahieu, um kind of back at full strength because, you know, obviously he had a very down year last year and people were really wondering – well, what's wrong? Like, why is he playing so poorly when this guy was the top hitter in baseball on uh, the previous two seasons? He had a core, he, he, he had a sports running injury. Yep. His core was messed up. Yep. And, you know, this guy is a gamer, you know, and he doesn't like to take days off. And I know that, you know, with the team we have constructed, guys take days off like once a week, which I think is a good thing because of the fact that it keeps them fresh, it keeps them more loose, and it, and it avoids the, the higher risk of injury. Um, but, you know, he wasn't right last year, and it was so bad that he missed the wild card game. That's how bad the injury was, that he couldn't play in our one-game playoff game. So he was right. he was not right. Hicks was out for the whole season. So um, as much as people, uh, you know, rip on Hicks, you know, that switch hitter uh, in the lineup, that definitely did not help. Um, 
you know, Rizzo came on the scene pretty late with us, so he was starting trying to find his footing. Joey Gallo, I mean, we have him. He's a he has a three outcome repertoire. He either hits a bomb, strikes out. Well, actually, no, it's two. It's it's a home run or a strikes <laughs> out. Yep. Stan, Stan is the three outcome. It is a ripping single, a, a home run, or he strikes out. It's one of the two. Stan just hits the ball too hard that he can't hit. He can't hit doubles. He just hits ripping singles or ripping homers. Right. So, but like you said, I think I think the biggest. I, I think one of the biggest things that's. I think the two biggest things. One is Glaber Torres coming back on the scene. And we're getting glimpses of him from 2018, 2019. Yes. Taking the ball the other way, you know, hitting home runs, just, you know, doing what he can um, to help the team, you know, not overdoing it. If we need a sack fly, he can get us the sack fly. Uh, sack ground out, do that. Takes the, he's taking the ball the other way for home runs, pulling the ball uh, for extra base hits. And also, Tim LaCasher, I think, is the best replacement for Tyler Wade because this is a guy that is just as fast as Tyler Wade, but the plus. He has a bat. Tyler back, uh, uh, Tim LaCasso can swing it, unlike Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade was a liability last year at the plate. You knew he was going to strike out. And then you knew he was going to get out. And naturally, you know, we give him away to L.A. because uh, we let him go and because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't contributing much. And uh, as far as hitting is concerned, like you mentioned, he hits 320 or something like that to start the season in Anaheim. But that's, that's a story for another day. Um, but, you know, looking back on it now, just on, on – on you know the guys we got, I mean, look at Jose Trevino, right? As a catcher now, um, as now the backup to Higashioka, uh, who who Higashioka is now taking over for Gary Sanchez, who we traded for to the Twins and in, in, involved in the Donaldson trade and Gio Urshela trade. But Trevino, I mean, he's got to besides his defensive ability, which a lot of Yankee fans knew about his his ability to frame pitches and and frame him for a strike. Trevino really is also contributing on the offensive side too. Um, uh-huh. as well. It's, it's really impressive, actually, how, how well he's started with us. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and Higashioka and Trevino, they're batting, they're both batting in the ninth hole, so you're not expect, we, we don't expect high offense numbers from these guys, because one is the catching position is the most demanding position in baseball. You, you don't expect that, right? These guys aren't Buster Posey. You know, I really don't think we're going to see another uh, guys like, you know, Hori Posada or Mike Piazza or Prime, you know, Buster Posey again. Like, I don't think we're seeing that. But, you know, they will, on the defensive side, they're better than they're better than Gary Sanchez, and they know how to put the ball in play. Gary Sanchez didn't know how to do that last year, right? Very I feel true. Like he was just very lackadaisical, very lackadaisical at the plate, didn't have a game plan. I feel like these guys have a game plan of like, all right, what do I need to do? All right, just a quick base hit for single? All right, no problem. All right. Runners on first and second, one out. All right, let me try to get a sack fly. But they're not like they're not doing too much because they know their role. Their role is to call up, call a good game, play solid defense, and provide a little bit of a spark on the offensive side because they know they're batting last in the lineup. Absolutely, and that's and that's so that's so important that you mentioned that because as I mentioned before, you know, uh, they have they know their role, they know their jobs to get on base, they know. They know that's all their job is to just get on base and not to do. They can do a little bit more than that, but you know why? You know why do that? You got to provide the opportunity for those big guys in the lineup, like Judge, like like DJ LeMayu, like the guys you mentioned, all at the top of the lineup. So that's that's really key to mention. And those guys are not going for home runs every at bat. Um, the guys in the nine hole or eight hole in the lineup, especially. Um, so that's a good point. You, you bring that up. 
Um, with the with regards to the series, I thought you know the pitching was uh, half decent, especially for the Yankees. I mean, decent is a good way to put it. Blue Jays were struggling, Anthony, to, to get runs uh, up until that series, but it really showed. Um, you know that series, the Yankees pitching, I think, is continuing to even including including Wednesday night when they lost to Toronto two to one. I mean, the bullpen has been absolutely solid overall regarding runs. It's just that lack of run support. Yeah, and I mean, look, I mean, eventually, you know, the offense is going to come down eventually, and you know, you got to give credit to our pitching staff just as a whole, from a rotation to a bullpen side, like both both ends of the floor. Yeah, you know, they're they're doing exceptionally well. You know, obviously Garrett Cole struggled early on. You know, he's coming back to form. He's going to pitch. You know, the first game of the series against Toronto. You know, Nestor Cortez, early Cy Young candidate, had his first real kind of shaky start on the last game of the series, but he mm. only gave up like he only gave up two runs. Like, right, he he kept us in the game. Tyone, like you said, he pitched a great game. Five innings of one run ball. Yep, slider and changeup were on point. And Montgomery, again, a guy who is just a consistent lefty on the mound, quality start, and that's what we got. And I know the run score came late for him, but he kept us in the game. The, the pitching staff is keeping us in the game, which is good because at least there's no room for error. Or I shouldn't say this. At least you can't. They're not the problem. If we were to lose, the problem would be the offense. But the offense is producing, right? They're they're all they're all doing well. You knew the streak was going to end at some point, and you know as we as we look ahead towards this Texas series again, Friday we start. We're going to start a new streak because at some point you're like, all right, when's it going to end? Like going to the same game against Toronto, Toronto series, I was like, all right, this might be the game where we lose. And, and as a pessimistic Yankee, Yankee fan myself, um, I refer back to last year when it, it was probably the streakiest team in 2021 that I've ever witnessed of any Yankee team in, in a very long time. Streaky is, an under, is a real understatement. I mean, they could go on like that massive winning streak. What was it, 13 games, Anthony? Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, 13 games. And then they all of a sudden they could win 13 in a row and they could just lose like seven and and they and or even possibly more than that, I forget the numbers um, specifically on that. But I know they went on big losing runs, and every team has losing runs, right? But it was just one thing after another. Like the wave was just like it. It was like a seesaw almost. And this team was just extremely inconsistent from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end. And you know, as you know, I I think about that often when, especially now with the Yankees um, having that very long winning streak we just had of eleven games, I think, and. And with that Toronto series adding to that, um, you know, I, I do have my, 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 uh, my big doubts in my head. I don't, I like to think, you know, a new winning streak is definitely, there's definitely an opportunity for one because of the fact that we're playing Texas, the fact that we're taking on a struggling baseball team. Yes. But at the same time, we've lost to pretty bad teams. Um, and yes, you know, we're taking care of business against the teams that are pretty weak. We just did that for quite a, quite, I think what, Baltimore, Cleveland, uh, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you think of you think of those teams, you know, you don't think like, oh my God, those teams are really at the top. So, you know, we're taking care of business against the teams that are are not so strong, which is something we didn't do before um, last season as much. And and it's really good to see the bullpen come together. It's really good to see the guys come together and and give a more structured game. And uh, that's why I think that's the difference right now. I just hope that carries forward because I do have my uh, – my concerns, and I think they're fairly reasonable, not too pessimistic. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think that I think I think the one thing that I think is I think Boone is proving every Yankee fan wrong is is what I mentioned before is the rotation of lineups that he's giving out. Because I think before, you know, or what's used in baseball is like right, there's it's a consistent lineup, right? He always knows the who the starting the starting nine is. Like I remember back in the day, like in the late two thousands, when it was like we wanted we had a little run from oh nine to twelve of uh, with the the late stages of the core four with sprinkles of like of uh, prime cano grand or san russell martin yeah like, you knew what the starting nine is it was jeter grandison Teixeira, a rock cano martin you know it was like you knew swisher like you knew who was gonna play that game like now it's like is just sitting out is lemayhew sitting out right is stan sitting out like we don't know like it's always like we're kind of always on hose but i think it's a good thing like i said before because it avoids them for having long-term injuries where they're out for 10 to 15 days when, you know, we they could only be out for one and then they come back uh, the next game and then it's someone else's turn to get a rest. Because as much as people say, and I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been someone to say this, they're getting paid millions of dollars to play baseball. Millions. Yep. Unless you're injured, you should be playing. What? But, but, but this is the thing. But a one game off here or there for rest and injury management in a setting like baseball where it's 162 games, that's fine. But fair. That's fair. You got to show up and play. That's fair. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I think to be fair to Aaron Boone, when I've criticized him, uh, you know, in 2021 with regard to sitting guys out all the time, and you got, look at guys like, uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays, and and you look at guys that play every day. Uh, Bryce Harper, up until he, the time he got hurt, he's an everyday guy. I mean, you don't, you never see Joe Girardi sitting out Bryce Harper. You never see uh, Montoya of the Blue Jays sitting out uh, Bo Bichette. You never see him sitting out Guerrero. Um, you know, all of these guys that like superstars. And but in, in to Boone's defense, I could count off right now if I had the time. We don't today, but um, all the guys that on this current roster that are that have that are injury prone and have a hist- that are history of injuries, whether they're flukes or not. Judge is a big example of that. That's why he rested. And I gotta give um yeah, I gotta give, give Boone some slack on that front. It's just that, you know, it is one like you said, it's one guy, you know? And um it's just it's one guy at, at a time and and I think that's appropriate to an extent. But like you said, um a couple games, you know, you know, here and there is not right. But one game, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and also, and also, and then looking at the bigger picture, you want these guys fresh for the deep runs in August, September, and also in the postseason. Because come postseason, knock on wood that we that we make it. Sure, they're playing. Those guys are playing every day. He's going to put out the best lineup possible for those matchups. So he's oh, yeah. at the big pitch. All right, how can I get? How can I get the freshest team or the healthiest team into the postseason? And it's by doing this. So. As much as people want to rip on him early on and, you know, criticize him, he's doing a good job now. And he's done a good job in the past, too. I mean, let's not forget 2019 where everyone just got injured and we had, like, a triple-A squad and we were still winning ball games. So as much as people don't like Aaron Boone, you know, throughout his tenure and even right now as we're on our quest to another ring, he's doing a good job. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Go email mission28podcast at gmail.com if you want to get on the show. 
All right, Anthony, we're, we're down to our final segment here for our team MVP of the week. Uh, basically, all we do for those who, uh, who are not familiar, uh, basically, we pick our favorite Yankee from the past series. And we, you know, are they, are they the best player? Who is the best player of, the, of that series? Who do we like the most? Anthony, you want to go first? Do you have one? You know, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Glaber. You know, uh, I'm just going to do it for the fact that he was the guy, he was the table setter for game one, really provided just all the offense really in that game. The opposite field home run, the go ahead, I think it was a single to make it, I think, 3-2 and then became, I think, 4-2. And then it's just, it's just good to see. I'm just happy that he's, that he's turning a corner for the better. Yes. Because he just adds... A, 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 another dynamic and another piece and just him in that Toronto game in game one it's just good to see and I just hope he just continues that going forward because he doesn't have to be the big guy he's batting like lower in the order so there's not a lot of pressure on him which I think is also good for his mental state and also playing second base too definitely helps because he doesn't have to worry about the errors and getting criticized for his play at shortstop anymore that's a great point um, just on the on the pressure part just you know it's 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 significantly less pressure um, my my uh, team MVP of the week is going to be Michael King and I think I'm gonna be saying that name a lot more Put the crown on the king yep <laughs> so that's why I say I'll get the crown ready start polishing it up right yeah and, and this is a guy you know this is a guy that you know we saw last year we went to an Angels Yankee game and he, Michael King was the opener for the game and because we were doing mm. a, we were having a bullpen game just rotating out every couple innings pitchers and Michael King starts the game Shohei Otani uh, I think it was a three two pitch right down the middle and I think back to that I said man Michael King he's got a lot to work on regarding strategy well he's coming back this year I have no complaints no Yankee fan should ever complain about Michael King and his performance so far this season. Uh, he's been absolutely phenomenal um, as a long bullpen reliever. I mean, he's coming into games. He at like the five, the fifth inning, he can go three innings. He can go all the way to ninth if he wanted to. I mean, the guy's capable of pretty much anything, and he's striking guys out consistently and uh, getting ground balls too. Uh, Michael King has not really um, struggled much so far to start the season. I'm sure we'll see that at a certain point, but it's really great to see, just like Glaber Torres, but Glaber's was more, was bigger, I think, in terms of improvement. But Michael King is developing um, at a very good rate, and uh, you know I'm very excited to see what he what he what he can if he can continue this for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's great about him is that he is a guy that we didn't ex- we didn't know what we were going to get out of him coming into the season, you know, and and. and you know, in recent years, our bullpen is usually our strength. And then going into last, and then last year, it was kind of like, all right, that might be a potential weak spot for the Yankees. And everyone was coming at our pitching rotation in the bullpen of like, is it strong enough? That's oh, that, that's the question. The offense is there on paper. Now, granted, they got to produce, but they are. But the but the rotation in the bullpen is like, okay, Chapman's been a little consistent. Chad Green had a really rocky year last year. You know. You know, Johnny Lawazica, or we call him Johnny Lasagna, Correct. came on the scene last year. And, you know, Michael King kind of had an up and down year. So what were we going to get? You know, I think with him pitching at a high level, along with uh, Lawazica and Chapman and Green pitching very well. And when Clark Smith has been up, he's been another great long reliever out of the bullpen as well. So the bullpen has been great. So we're back to those those good old days where it was. You know, I remember it was like Dylan Batances and Chapman <laughs> and, a, and a young Chad Green. Um, and then let's not forget, we go way back. Let's go way back. Mariano Rivera and Rafael 
Soriano. Wow. Remember you are that? going Remember? back. That name rings a bell, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's just it's just good to see because that's one of the staples of the Yankees is they always have we always have a good bullpen, and you know Joe Girardi knew how to use it back then, and I think Aaron Boone's starting to figure out now. Um, in his, I want to say this is this is his fifth year, Four. his fifth year as manager. Yes, fifth. Sorry. So, it's figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. And Michael King did throw three innings in that loss um, against Toronto on uh, Wednesday, um, but he did, but he, he did phenomenal. Uh, he, he struck three guys out, no runs, three, and he kind of held the fort. Um, and just lack of run support was the reason why we lost that last game. But that's okay. That's one loss there, and they were due for a loss at a certain point. So thank you for listening to Mission 28. That'll do it for this show, but we will be doing this for every series. So we'll be doing this after the uh, Texas series coming up. So from Tommy Franks and Anthony Colasano, we will see you after the series with Texas. Have a good one, everybody, and go Yankees. Thanks so much for listening to Mission 28. Want more episodes? You can listen to previous episodes on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you subscribe and stay in tune with us on social media by following at Mission28Pod on Instagram and look out on there for new episodes.